0: Hello again, Kitchen Table Theologians. This is Pastor Jeff Cranston. Just before uh, we get to the podcast with Jen and I, I wanted to jump on and just let you know uh, how grateful we are for the uh, tremendous response that we have seen to this Kitchen Table Theology podcast. In just two short weeks, we've seen over uh, 1,000 downloads. And we are so gratified by that and and trust and hope that you are being helped by this. We love doing it, really enjoy doing it. And I just wanted to jump on before we go to today's podcast and say thank you. Thanks for your support. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing about Kitchen Table Theology with others. And uh, again, if you would go on wherever you're listening to this podcast from whatever platform and leave a review, a a rating, uh, that would help us tremendously because that allows more people to find us, more people to hear about Kitchen Table Theology. So again, many, many thanks for your support. And we look forward uh, to many more podcasts in the future. So thanks, and uh, let's go ahead now and join our podcast.
1: Welcome to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast, where Pastor Jeff Cranston, along with our host, Jen Denton, will discuss biblical theology in an understandable way. You'll discover how to apply biblical truth to your life. Thanks for joining us at the table. Let's get started.
2: Well, hello, friends, and welcome back to Kitchen Table Theology. In previous weeks, and you know what? I'll stop right there because depending on when you're listening to this podcast, it could be... Currently, where we are in the world. And right now, we are dealing with all this COVID 19 stuff. Maybe you're listening into the future and you already know how everything's going to turn out perfectly. Fine, yes. Great, and we're all out of quarantine. But right now, you know, we're in the midst of just some really changing times. And I've heard people mention that they feel like the ground has shifted. And every time somebody makes that comment, I always think about that old hymn that I grew up in church hearing, on Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. And I think, you know, whether it's a universal pandemic like this, or just our everyday lives, we often feel like we lack an anchor. And So now more than ever, I think that we need the anchor that is the rock of God's truth. And that's why we want to do this. That's why we welcome you today to come to Kitchen Table Theology. I'm your host, Jen Denton, and along with Pastor Jeff Cranston, we are systematically discovering what the scripture teaches regarding theological topics. Our goal is to put those theological cookies on the bottom shelf where we can all reach them. And we seek to do this in a way that's very applicable to the lives we live, because the real power of theology theology is not only knowing it, but applying it. So, Jeff, we're going to jump into an interesting topic today. It's the topic of inerrancy in the Bible, and I'm really careful that I don't have error when I'm saying the word inerrancy.
0: We are proving today the errancy of humans because this is our third
2: Third attempt
0: at a podcast. We have messed the first two up. Uh, Well, let's begin by defining the word inerrancy. It's a word we don't hear very often. You probably don't use it in normal conversation. As a matter of fact, I'm sure you don't. Uh, Wayne Gruden, who is a theologian who wrote a huge book called Systematic Theology, he defines inerrancy like this. It talks about Scripture in the original manuscripts does not affirm anything that is contrary to fact. This definition focuses on the question of truthfulness and falsehood in the language of the Bible, in the language of Scripture. The definition, really in simple terms, just means that the Bible always tells the truth and that it always tells the truth concerning everything it talks about. Uh, This definition doesn't mean that the Bible tells us every fact there is to know about every subject or every fact there is to know about every one subject even, but it does affirm that what it does say about any subject is true. So if we read the Bible about in history or cosmology, uh, not cosmetology, cosmology, mm-hmm. study of the universe, uh, anything the Bible talks about, we can know that it what it says is absolutely true.
2: So to put this in kindergarten terms, the Bible always tells the truth. Right, yep about everything it talks
0: about. Exactly right. And that's the definition of inerrancy, really. I, I, you know, I've got a number of friends who are um, pilots, and I don't have the courage to be a pilot. I'm a little jealous of them, but, you know, I always quote the Scripture to them where Jesus says, Lo, I am with you always. Total dad joke there. But these pilots are trained in a phenomenon called spatial disorientation this is the day for big words, spatial disorientation. And what that is, it's a phenomenon that when pilots take off, they're taught to keep their eyes on the horizon. You keep your eyes on the horizon. You watch the horizon because the horizon's a steady guide to get you where you need to go. It'll make sure you're not tilting your plane too far right or too far left. Keeping your eyes on the horizon ensures you don't set your trajectory too high or that you go into it, you know, and then go in a tailspin. It We'll also ensure you don't set your trajectory too low, and you crash. You have to know how to use the instruments in the aircraft, and pilots, you know, they they go through all the certification in their in the instrumentation in the in the plane. The instruments are there, uh, so when you can't see the horizon in front of the plane, you, you're you're assured you're still on the right trajectory. You're still on the right course. So what can happen? If you're piloting a a plane, is during blackout conditions, or whiteout conditions, or in a storm that has set in, pilots will tell you, it's one of the most uh, disorienting times of their life, because they generally do not know up from down or left from right. They they could not tell you if the plane is pointed straight up in the air, or straight down to the ground. It just it feels the same, and there are heaps of stories of pilots emerging from clouds totally upside down or emerging from clouds heading straight toward the ground. And if you're not trained to set your eyes on the instruments, you're in danger of setting your hope or your trajectory on entirely the wrong thing. And so all that to say, when it comes to inerrancy, it's not so much a matter of spatial disorientation that it helps us with this doctrine, but with spiritual Disorientation. I mean, think about it, Jen. We've got to have something to count on, something we can trust in, something we can hold fast to. And for Christians, people of faith, that's the Bible. And Christian doctrine, Christian theology, uh, that's orthodox, it's been around for thousands of years. We believe the Bible to be inerrant. And that, you know, the Bible tells us the truth concerning everything it talks about. So we, we as Christians believe we have a perfect Bible because we have a perfect God. Hmm. And we believe we have a perfectly trustworthy Bible because we have a perfectly trustworthy God.
2: You know, as you were just talking, it reminds me of that C.S. Lewis quote that says, I believe in Christianity as I believe in the sun, Mm -hmm. not because I can see it, but because I see everything else by it. And I love that. So when we're talking about the inerrancy of the Bible, because it is divinely inspired, which we've spoken about in previous podcasts, I believe it was our second Mm -hmm. podcast, it's perfectly accurate and without error in any and every way. And that we can trust the Scripture when it describes God's character, the historical events it relates to, and when it touches on nature and science and the universe and creation on spiritual matters, and dare I say it,
0: even predictions for the future? Oh, absolutely. Exactly right. So let's consider what the Bible says about inerrancy for for a moment. Uh, Psalm 18, verse 30, tells us, "'As for God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is flawless.'" That's a great word, flawless. That means that if the Bible were to contain errors, that would mean that either Bible is, isn't God's word or that God isn't perfect. Inerrancy says that what the Bible tells us is true. Uh, Hebrews chapter 6 tells us that it's impossible for God to lie. So that, that tells us about God's character. He can't lie. It's not in His nature to lie. Therefore, God would not implant error or allow error Into his word, which we already know from, like you said, a previous podcast, the word of God has been revealed by him, inspired by him, illumined by him, and the word is also uh, the Word of God is also infallible, which we looked at, I think, on the last podcast.
2: Mm-hmm. And I think we touched on this in the last podcast as well, but this idea of infallibility in error is, because it is an absolute term, it's something that people always want to poke holes in. And it always makes me think about that scripture in First Peter that is really convicting to me that that charges us to always be prepared to give a reason for the hope that we have. And the Bible is attacked. And so as those attacks come to light and kind of get put in front of us from you know friends or acquaintances, how do we respond to the so-called inconsistencies or perceived errors that are in the Scripture?
0: Yeah, that's a great verse out of 1 Peter there, to always be prepared to give an answer or a reason. The Greek word is apologia, mm. which... Uh, is also translated to a defense for it. So you know it's it's so true. Uh, Jen, people have been seeking to undermine the authority of the Bible ever since it was written. I mean, for centuries, and some people accuse the Bible of being riddled with contradictions, even though time after time and century after century, Bible scholars repeatedly defend the consistency of God's word. Others, you know, they they. Attempt to identify historical errors in the Bible, and you know often to find out later that historical and archaeological discoveries have vindicated the Bible. I had a great college professor; uh, just just loved him when he he told us one time in class when he was attending seminary at Princeton. He would often be ridiculed by his fellow seminarians because it was more of a, a liberal leaning uh, seminary ridiculed for his belief in the, the doctrine of inerrancy. And his classmates, he said, I'd be walking across the campus, and some of my seminary classmates would yell out, you know, ac- across the, the, the green there, hey, hey, Al, have you found the Hittites yet? Burn. I mean, yeah, burn. <laughs> oh, wow, they, they nailed it. I mean, what kind of nerds are just yelling that out in college, I, you know, or, or seminary? I bet they were a lot of fun at parties. Have you found the Hittites yet? Well, during those years he was in seminary, nothing was known about the Hittite people. And if you read in the Old Testament, you, the, the Hittites keep popping up, you know. Well, there was no evidence for the Hittites outside of the Bible. Uh, so therefore, many believe the Bible writers had created this entire civilization. Well, guess what? Some years later archaeology uncovered vast stores of knowledge regarding the Hittites. They existed around 1600 BC. They were a big civilization. We know who they were. We know uh, their language, how they spoke. We know where they lived, how they lived. We know what their military was like. You know, I like what uh, Anglican Bishop William Hare said back in 1899. He was speaking at a convocation, and he said this, all the ages down, some men have superciliously declared... "What This is Word Day. I don't Abel know what to siliously. say. Superciliously. Superciliously declared.
1: Superciliously.
0: Well, here's the main point. the People have been saying, let's just say it like that, the days of religion are numbered, but her sacred books, he said, outlast the critics. Resting her hand upon the Bible, the church can say, here is an anvil that has worn out many a hammer. Even science, you take science, rightly understood, science doesn't do away with the Bible's inerrancy. Jesus said to our Heavenly Father in John 17, your word is truth. The Bible was perfectly true and without error. Because it's inerrant, uh, we can speak to trust accurately about our lives and to our lives. And
2: that's a great place to start, and that's a great place to end today, to be able to dive into the truth that is the Word, to give a reason for the hope that we have. As we wrap up today's podcast, let's remember that the real power of theology is not only knowing it, but applying it. Thanks so much for joining us today, however or whenever you're listening from school or work or working out, or maybe just while you sat at the kitchen table with us with a cup of coffee. Southern pecan coffee. Southern pecan. Forgot to get that plug in there. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, and we'd also love to hear from you. Maybe today's podcast made you think of a question or two. In two weeks, we'll devote an entire podcast to answering your questions. Just shoot us an email at at lowcountrycc.org. Ask a question and then tell us where you're listening from and a little about yourself. We'd love to get to know you. And if you'd like, please head over to iTunes or whatever platform you listen to your podcast and subscribe. Maybe even leave a rating or a review or two. That would be so helpful because the more ratings and reviews that are left, the more people can find out about Kitchen Table Theology podcast, and we can reach out to more and more people. Additionally, you can head on over to jeffcranston.com for show notes on this and other podcasts see you next time when our topic will be the sufficiency of the Bible. It's will be good. The sufficiency of the Bible. You won't want to miss it.
1: You've been listening to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast with Jen Denton and Pastor Jeff Cranston. Join us next time for more insights into biblical truth. If you'd like to know more on today's topic, you can check out the show notes at jeffcranston.com. You can also email us at pastorjeff at lowcountrycc.org. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you consider leaving a rating and review on iTunes? We deeply appreciate your help in getting the word out. And be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or in your favorite podcasting app to continue this journey with us as we learn about and apply God's word to our lives. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time here at Kitchen Table Theology.